Welcome to Denver Sports Tonight. Taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. DenverSports.com. And it is Denver Sports Tonight on this Friday night in the Mile High City. He's James Merrill. I'm Will Peterson. Hanging with you for the next hour. James, how you doing on this Friday night? I'm doing well, uh, Will. Happy Friday. Thanks, man. I told DMAC when I came in, I said, you know, it'd be like nice to be at happy hour right now. And boy, did he not like that that statement out of my mouth. Why? I don't know, man. He's I just mean, like, it's just kind of a statement of fact. Yeah, he's like, you don't want to be here? I said, no, you know, I want to be here. <laughs> wow, talk about taking it the worst possible way. <laughs> yeah, I want to be here, but, like, would it not be better? Like, that's like saying, man, I'd like to be on a beach right now with a pina colada and being offended by that. <laughs> Soft. No, I love doing the show. I love hanging out with you, all the listeners and texters, 303-713-1043 on the Ramoslaw.com text I've line. I've got but... some things I'm worried about, Will. I need you to hopefully talk me off the ledge. All right, sounds good, but. Two things can be true at the same time, to quote Zach By, right? Yes, yes. I like doing the show, and I'd like yes. to be at happy hour. There's there's nothing wrong with saying both those are statements of fact. Yeah, now, we're because we do the show from 6 to 7, we just have to hit, like, the later happy hour, right? Like, that's when you know it's a classy joint, when they have happy hour from, like, 3 to 5, and then they redo it at about, like, 8 to 10. Classy would be one word, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. No, I, I hear you on that. I mean, listen, man, you want to make drinks half off. I'll come in at any time of the day. <laughs> come in and sample. Yeah, exactly. You can you can uh, attract a wide variety of people at all hours with, right. with prices right. like that. All right, so let's hear some of your concerns. I think I know where you're going. You wrote a good column today at denversports.com. Uh, the headline, there are plenty of reasons to still question Nikola Jokic's supporting cast. You can tell me if I'm totally off, but I think you're worried based on what you saw from the Nuggets last night. Well, I'm worried about what I saw last night, but that's a continuation of kind of what we've seen in the second half of the season. First of all, this team has not been very good since the All-Star break. They just haven't. Um, And, you know, KCP hasn't been very good. Jamal Murray hasn't been very good. But in particular, this team, the last four times Nikola Jokic hasn't played, they're 0-4. And they've lost by an average of 15 points a game. What's even more concerning is the way the big three, right? It's it's Jamal Murray, MPJ, and Aaron Gordon. The big three behind Jokic. The guys that they're supposed to be the supporting cast that are going to help them get a title. They're going to be back this year. That's why they're 1-8 and in their last nine playoff games. Because Jamal Murray didn't play. And Michael Porter Jr. didn't play last year. And now that everybody's back, they're going to go win uh, an NBA title for the first time in franchise history. Will, they have been dreadful. Dreadful. In those four games, last night was the worst. I mean, Jamal was minus 16, MPJ was minus 22, AG was minus 23. They were they were terrible last night, but it's a trio that I think everybody just uh, accepts this fact that, oh, now that they're back, the Nuggets have this great supporting cast. Do they? I mean, they're good players, and they all can be great at times, but they're not great players because you know what? Great players, when there are three of them on the floor last night, find a way to win at home against the Pelicans without Nikola Jokic. Instead, they got run out of the barn and lost by 19. Yeah, James, they'd be a they'd be a borderline play-in team without Nikola Jokic. I think I think the stats you I think just that's being generous. Well, borderline play-in. I mean, that's 11th in the West. That's not all that hard to do, right? But yeah, yeah you, I think I think you and I are on the same page here that Nikola Jokic's absence last night actually strengthened his case that he is the most valuable player because the Nuggets are 
an extremely mediocre team at best without the Joker in the fold. Yeah, yeah, and and those those players, and it's not just those three; it's it's everybody. And Jake Shapiro sent us a uh, a, a, a spreadsheet that uh, somebody tweeted out in, in terms of player impact, the player impact chart for Nikola Jokic. I included it in the column, and it's pretty it's pretty staggering. It's not just Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. Everybody on the Nuggets is not just better when Jokic plays, which you would expect, right? He's the MVP, but it's significantly better. Like they're kind of marginal players when he's not on the floor, right? At best, right? So it, it, it's just you know he sets so much up, he gets them open shots. The good news is in the playoffs, knock on wood, he will be out there. So we should see the version of them that on this chart is in the green and not the part of the this chart that's in the red. But I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's got this great supporting cast that's going to be good in the postseason. No, right? I, I think they proved that again last night, James, that, like, we all love Tim Connolly in this town because he drafted Nikola Jokic while there was a Taco Bell commercial on in the second round. <laughs> yes. But Tim Connolly probably made some pretty big mistakes by paying Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. as max players when I'm not sure either guy is a max player. I agree. And you know what? It's a, in Tim Connolly's defense, that's kind of what you have to do when you're in Denver, right? I mean, you kind of have to overpay to keep guys. You have to try and be ahead of it because if you let them turn into max players and, and you know, there's a, they get the, the chance to go out on the open market, they may not stay here. So you have to be ahead of the curve. That's a very tough thing to do. That's, you know, being a prognosticator, and that's not always easy. He didn't whiff. They're not bad players. I mean, Jamal Murray's a really good player. MPJ, at times, is a really, really good player. But this notion in DMAC, you know, oh, he's a superstar and he's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, give me a break. Uh, in, in, in Michael Porter Jr., in the two games of the last four, he's only played in two of them. That's why last night was so alarming, right? It was the first time that without Nikola Jokic in this four-game losing streak of, of Jokic-less games, all three of the other guys played. That's what was so alarming about last night. In the two games that Michael Porter Jr.'s played without Jokic during that stretch, minus 9, minus 22, and he's 12 of 31 overall from the field. But he's way better than Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's 18 of 47 in his three games without Jokic during that stretch. It's it's a concern. They had to pay the guys. They didn't really have an alternative. Who else were they going to spend the money on? But I just don't think you can rubber stamp it that these guys are going to show up in the postseason and be great. Because the only good playoff run they've had, the only one, was in the bubble. Mm -hmm. That has an asterisk next to it. It just does. They were down 3-1 in the first round. They were down 3-1 in the second round. Kudos to them for coming back. But there's a reason a team has never come back from two 3-1 deficits in the NBA playoffs before that. Because when you have to go on the road, that just ain't going to happen. So imagine if 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 you take that out and they lose in the first round of Utah, which they were... A missed, uh, a missed layup, and I think it was Mike. Was it Mike Connolly that had the three at the end that would have won it in Game Seven? It was. And uh, bonus points if you remember who missed the layup. Oh my gosh! It wasn't. Uh, it was uh, Tory Craig. There you go. Um, and so, like, man, if that whole thing doesn't happen, the two, three, one comebacks, which was awesome. It was a ton of fun. You factor in kind of where we all were in life at that point, and that was amazing. It was great. And Jamal going off for multiple fifty-point games. But that wasn't reality. This is a team that this group with, with Michael Malone and these players, for the most part, AG wasn't here for the first one. They're 12 and 17 in the playoffs. They lost a uh, game seven at home to the to the Blazers when they were the two seed in, in 2019. 
they got swept in 2021 by the Suns, and they lost in five last year in the first round of the Warriors. I have huge question marks about this group. And last night, and maybe I'm just being a you know a, a, a you know victim of the moment here, Will, and that's why I want you to talk me off the ledge. But last night just made me think these guys aren't ready for prime time at all. Nikola Jokic masks their deficiencies in such a huge way that a he proved last night by not playing he's the MVP but b we shouldn't count anything first round second round anything as a guarantee in the playoffs with this team well I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to the Hall of Fame uh I mean come on listen man I mean I don't agree with that or this Michael Porter Jr. is a superstar but I do think I can talk you off the ledge James Okay, good. I, I want to be talked off the ledge. It, I, was, I, it I, was disappointing last I, time. All right, well, here, here we go. You know why I can talk you off the ledge? Because last time I checked, Nikola Jokic is one of the most durable players in the NBA. And Nikola Jokic, we are knocking on wood, will play in every playoff game. So for as frustrating as last night was, and for all the hypotheticals, these guys can't produce without Jokic. Aaron Gordon's field goal percentage stinks without Jokic. All your points are valid. valid. Don't get me wrong. But you know what else, James? All your points are irrelevant because Nikola Jokic is going to be on the floor in the playoffs for the Nuggets, and he elevates everyone around him. So you don't need to be a prisoner of the moment. And again, this is me trying to talk you down about a really frustrating Nuggets game last night because we don't have to watch that in the playoffs because the best player in the world plays for the Nuggets, and he's going to play in the playoffs. I, I get that, and I'm with you. And I, I and maybe part of me was just sort of taking a shot at all the people that have given Teflon Mike a pass the last two years of, well, what could he do? He didn't have Jamal Murray and he didn't have MPJ. And I'm just sitting here saying, would it have made that big a difference? Like, would they have beaten the Suns two years ago? No. Now, they probably wouldn't have got swept. But would they have beaten them? I don't think so. Would they have beaten the Warriors a year ago if no. MPJ and Jamal Murray were out there? No, because the Warriors went on to win the title. That just right. wasn't going to happen. Yep. So, it, it, exactly. That's my point of, like, everybody just kind of, you know, Washed away those two seasons and acted like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Don't we don't need to we don't need to think about it. They were hurt. They were banged up. And if they were completely healthy, they would have lost in the second round two years ago, and they would have lost in the first round last year with the MVP on their team. Yeah, but the the matchups were brutal, right? Because the Warriors went on to win it all. The Suns went on to give the Bucks a really good series and probably should have won it all. Man, you're Teflon on this thing. But but James, they didn't. They, they lost to the two teams who went to the NBA Finals the last okay. two years, and, and both should have won titles. I mean, we, we all know the Suns. The Bucks played great in that series, but the Suns gave away a lot of opportunities that year as well. Okay, but and nobody wants to talk about 2019, and I get it. Aaron Gordon wasn't here, and a lot of the roster was different. But it was Nikola Jokic. It was Jamal Murray, and they took seven games to beat the Spurs. They were the the Nuggets were the two seed this that year. They needed a seven a game seven win at home to escape the first round. Yeah, but that was their their playoff, you know, newness, right? There's, okay, but there's other is, ways I could put it, but I don't know if I can say it on the radio. That was their first time in the playoffs, right? Honestly, everyone remembers their first time. Their only <laughs> their only playoff moment that gives you confidence or gives me confidence is the first round in 2021. They beat the Blazers, and Dame Lillard was playing out of his mind. That was a great series by the it was Nuggets. A great series because the game, the game six went up in Portland was so impressive. So impressive. They had the was it game 
four up there that was like the triple overtime, quadruple overtime. Yeah, I remember that game very well. Yep, it was. was it was, or it might have been game three, but it was one of the first two up in Portland. Yeah, there was a game where uh, Michael Porter Jr. had twenty six in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I think that was in Portland too, maybe. Um, and so it's like, okay, you beat a team where, to use a hockey uh, analogy, a guy was standing on his head. And most of the time, the way Dame Lillard played in that series, the, the Blazers are going to advance. So that series was the best performance by the Nuggets outside of the bubble. But that's one. There's been multiple stinkers. The Suns, the Warriors, the Blazers in 2019. I would even say the Spurs in 2019, despite the fact that they won. That game went to that series went to seven. There is a reason for concern. And it was the way those guys played last night without Nikola Jokic. They just they showed me they're not stars. They're not. If they were stars, they would have won that game last night, and they didn't come close. But the other part of it is, this is a team that is limping to the finish line. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. I don't know what they're doing last night. And if that was load management for Nikola Jokic, that was a bad idea. That was a game to go get the win, take tonight off in Phoenix, and and worry about it later. They've got, after Phoenix, they've got the, and I don't have the exact order, but I think it's the Warriors here. They've got the the Rockets. That should be a win. Back at Phoenix, at Utah, and then here against the Kings. They're only three up. They're going to have to win some basketball games, and there's one layup in that entire batch. Yeah, but the Grizzlies can also lose basketball games, too. Well, that, that ain't happening, though. They lost to the Clippers like two nights ago. But that, what's that team been since the – what's the record of the, these two teams been since the Nuggets beat them to go up by seven? Ah, uh, man. his moment over J- in J- James, the I, establishment. I, I'll, I'll bet you a steak dinner the Nuggets are the one seed. I, I, I understand the panic because well, the last I, night – as need some odds on that. Okay. Up three with six to play. But I understand your panic as a, the result last night. But to to spin that into they may not be the one seed and you're looking at the schedule, that's, that's just what's a non-concern. Sure what's the sure win? For the Nuggets? Yeah. Well, the, Ro- the Rockets. That's it. Uh, they, they, if they need to beat the Jazz in the second to last game of the season, they'll beat the Jazz. The Jazz have fallen off a cliff. Are, sorry, in Utah? They've fallen off a cliff. A cliff. Okay. I mean, you come on, You know man. who the Grizzlies play? Yeah, I know they've got a very difficult road game. I believe it's something like at Milwaukee or something. Well, they play the Clippers tonight. They're getting beat 9-2 to at home. But the, the and who they lost to the other night at home, so okay. They've got the Bulls. Bulls are hot. Bulls came in here and won. <laughs> they Bulls did. beat Joel Embiid. They beat they've the got, Sixers. They've got the Blazers. Uh, tanky, home. tanky, terrible. They're at the Pelicans. That's not easy. That could be very well a loss. They're at the Bucks. Who knows what that game means? Okay, but there's your magic number right there. We just got Grizzlies to three losses. <laughs> well, what's the three? The Bulls and the and the, and the Pelicans and the Bucks. And we the, don't know what that Bucks game is going to mean. And, Bucks, and, and the Second Clippers the tonight. Year, the Bucks may not be playing for anything. You just told me they're down nine to two, and they lost to the Clippers. At, this is the second half of a back to back in Memphis. And then the Grizzlies finish at the Thunder. I'm just saying, there's a there's a decent chance the Nuggets have to play to win against the Jazz and or the Kings, which is just completely inexcusable. I, I mean, come on, Michael Malone, what are we doing here? The fact that a seven game lead is now down to three, and you took last night as a as a night off. I, I also. We're going to get all over Joel Embiid because he sits out a game with the calf, but we're not doing it for Nikola Jokic sitting out a game with the calf. Like, we're going to have this double standard this town. That's what we're doing. Yeah, and, and I've got some news that we reported toward the end of the drive, but we hadn't seen it from any Denver people. Well, James, in the last uh, 30 seconds here, or so we've got it officially. 
that the Nuggets will be without four starters tonight in Phoenix. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope are all out. Uh, again, we had heard rumblings of that. Our, our friends at Arizona Sports reported it. Um, but we now have it from Denver, folks, too, that the Nuggets have confirmed those four players are not playing tonight against the Suns. Which, if they'd have won last night, we'd be sitting here saying, okay, good, it's a good scheduled night off. Why show the Suns anything? Why show them how you're going to defend them, how you're going to try and attack them? Why do that? But the fact that they lost last night now makes it to where, okay, you've got a two-game losing streak, guaranteed two-game losing streak with five games to go. If the Grizzlies come back and win tonight, Will, at home against the Clippers, that lead is two. It's a two-game lead. With five to play. And their magic number remains three, and my steak dinner bet remains on the table. <laughs> Dude, okay. I, I mean, I mean, you had me for the first ten minutes, James. You did. Everything you were saying. But, again, to spin that into they're going to blow the one seed, I just I don't see that it happening. Was seven a, week, a month ago, and now it's two. Right, yeah. because they, they knew they had this huge lead, so this is kind of human nature. This is how I— Not for a championship team. James— no. I sat here three and a half weeks ago and told you on this very show you were going to hate the next month of Nuggets basketball, and it looks like my prediction has come true. Well, they're taking, they took last night off without Jokic, and they're taking tonight off. But other than tonight, during this stretch where the, the seven-game lead has dwindled to two, other than tonight, when did everybody take the night off? They didn't. Well, so but it's just, a, it's just a basketball team playing poorly. But Murray's knees have both been bothering oh him, gosh, both knees. You're playing the Jake Shapiro, their injured card. Well, you tell me. Has Aaron Gordon passed the eye test since he came back from his injury? I'm not blaming it on injury. Maybe he's just not playing well. I mean, what's KCP's well, problem? What changed? Since KCP complained about not making the three-point contest at the All-Star game, the guy, can't, the guy can't throw it in the ocean. Well, KCP was sick last night. We did hear that. Oh, well, okay. I mean, it's just, it's just always something. It's just always something. Okay, but in all seriousness, do you think Aaron Gordon forgot how to play basketball? No, he's hurt. That That's what's going on. He went from a borderline all-star to a guy who's tough to watch play right now. What else happened? Did the, did the Monstars steal his talent like we're in Space Jam? No, I think he's still hurt. That's honestly I, my I assessment. Don't. I think he's a guy that unless he's scoring on a dunk, his offensive game is very limited, and he continues to fire up three-pointers even though that's nowhere near his game. Uh, and I think people are exposing him. I think as we get closer to the end of the year and teams are actually playing games to win as opposed to coming in here and giving the Nuggets the JV team and they're actually uh, you know putting together a scouting report and trying to defend the Nuggets in a way they're going to have to defend them in the postseason, it's we'll give Aaron Gordon three-pointers all day long. That's what teams are going to do, and he can't hit him. That's not because he's hurt. He's just not a particularly good outside shooter. He's a dunker. But I he's, feel like he really was hitting those. He's getting uncontested dunks because Nikola Jokic makes a great pass. He was hitting those before the injury, James. He was. At least at a higher clip than he is now. I, this, this team, to me, and it's weird to say on a night where four guys are sitting out, I, I think they're as healthy as they've been all year. Jamal Murray should be way better than he was at the beginning of the season. We were told not to, not to, not to pay attention to the first 30 games. Okay, but now I can't pay attention to the last 30 either? I mean, talk about a free pass. This is a team that is stumbling at the line. If you ever watch any of those, you know, memes or videos of the person who trips over the last hurdle and is just stumbling toward that finish line down the track, that's the Nuggets heading into the postseason. It's not an ideal way to go in the playoffs. I will, I will agree with you there that they're going to hold on to the one seed, but it's not going to be by a big margin. Um, when it's all said and done, it could be by just a game or so if they rest guys in that last back-to-back. And I think there's two schools of thought on that. We've always heard... 
oh, you don't want to get too hot early, right? Because if you get too hot early, you can't keep up the momentum. But at the same time, can they just flip that switch and pretend like it's January again, come mid-April in the first round against the Pelicans or the Lakers or the Timberwolves? I don't know. We're fixing to find out. And Michael Malone, I mean, particularly when we talk about the first round, James, an 8-1, Michael Malone's fixing to find out with his job on the line. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I don't care who comes out of the play and they, who, who they wind up drawing there, If it's even if it's the Lakers. I mean, there, there's absolutely no excuse. It, there's no excuse when you have the one seed. If you don't make the Western Conference final, finals, at least, unless you somehow, the way things finish up, you get the Warriors in round two. Well, what about the Suns? Don't they fall into that same category? No. no. I mean, they That's traded. They traded for Kevin Durant. Man, they got they got He's four. Played, how many games did he play there? Like the 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 Warriors are a group, and we saw last year. It doesn't matter what they do in the regular season. In the playoffs, they're the same team that's won what? How many rings have they won? Four, five. Uh, KJ may know best. I think it's I think it's four, right? They're, they're that team, and they can just show up in the playoffs and be that team. The Suns, we we have not seen the group with Kevin Durant play well together at all. Um, so I think there's no excuse if you lose to that team. Not when you're a team that, hey, we've all been playing together. We've been building toward this for four or five years, and you're going to get beat by a group that's played together for four games or whatever it will turn out to be. I, I think there's no excuse. I do think the Warriors are the team to beat in the West. If they're healthy, they're the team to beat in the West because we saw last year. They just know how to do it. It doesn't matter what they what they do in the regular season. It, it's all about just surviving and being healthy in April and they can flip a switch. So if the Nuggets lose to them and they put up a good fight, right? If it's like last year, that's inexcusable. But if they put up a good fight, losing six, losing seven, um, and there's a bunch of games that come down to the last couple of possessions, I, I think that's probably excusable. But that's about it. That's your only that's your only free pass if you don't get to the Western Conference Final, probably the NBA Finals. And I think the way Michael Malone has managed this down the stretch has been abysmal. And, man, the last two home games, that guy after the game, his press conferences, he is wound tight. He looks like a guy who's feeling the pressure. Yeah, I think Michael Malone knows um, that he has to go to at least the Western Conference Finals to to probably save his job. I think, you know, I think we've made the Jared Bednar comparisons before where Bednar was with the Avs this time last year and where Malone is with the Nuggets this time around. But, I mean, Zach, Zach Bai, I give him all the credit in the world. He called it the year before the year last year time and time and time again, and he was he right. Did. I mean, this is it. This is the year. You're 51 and 25. Um, yeah, the record's not going to be as pretty as it should have been, but you're still going to win 53, 54, 55 games this season. You're going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. You've made the playoffs five years in a row. Like, the, the excuses are done. You have to have a significant, significant playoff run or Josh Kroenke and maybe to even some extent Stan Kroenke, who are both basketball guys, they will make a change because when it comes to hockey, we all know that the Cronkies, well, they like hockey. That's not their passion. Joe Sackick runs the Colorado Avalanche. You know who runs the Denver Nuggets? Josh Kroenke because it's his passion. He played basketball in Missouri. He's played basketball his whole life. I will think he will be very, very tempted to make a change if this team comes up woefully short in the postseason. I would hope so. And, you know, you hear stories today that came out right before we came on the air that Nick Nurse after the season in Toronto is going to, uh, take some time and reflect and decide what he wants to do. There may be a guy with the championship ring that's available to, to uh, on the open market mm. if you're looking for a new head coach. That's an interesting name for sure. Yeah, that's that's one I would monitor. Um, I I think with Malone too. You mentioned he's wound tight. 
I think maybe, and I'm a bigger Malone fan than you are, but I think maybe. That would not take much. Yeah, true. That may explain some of the brain freezes we've seen, James. The, the leaving MPJ on the bench, the leaving Aaron Gordon on the bench, the literally forgetfulness is the word you and I have used. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not that Michael Malone's not smart. I don't think anyone questions his intelligence. But I think they question maybe his composure in some of those in-game situations. And like you said right there, if you're wound tight, we've all had those moments of stress where we're wound tight. You get brain fog. That's a real thing. And that that's what could be happening to Malone in super tense games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And, and look, he's going to be in the conversation of the top five Nuggets coaches of all time. He's just been around a long time. He's had Jokic. They've won a lot of games. And so I, I'm not trying to knock the guy um, too much here. But to me, the, be- you, the the best coach in Nuggets history, it's a debate between George Carl and Doug Moe. If George Carl, in his prime, in his prime, when he first got to Denver, was the head coach of this team, would you feel better going into the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'd, absolutely. We'd, we'd all be trying to figure out, hey, wh- what Eastern Conference city are we going to be traveling to in June for the NBA Finals? Well, That's what we'd be talking about. And to my point, it's interesting you bring up George, who's our friend, and you know we love talking to George on these airwaves. Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke fired George Carl after he was coach of the year, James. Remember that? They yeah, lose to the they Warriors. Lost again in the first round. Because they lost. Having no Danilo Gallinari in the playoffs. Yeah, so if they're willing to fire the coach of the year after he loses in six in the first round to a Warriors team that went on to be a dynasty, I don't think there's any question they're willing to make a change with Michael Malone if, if unfortunately, it breaks that way. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope last night was just one of those games of like, hey, it's the end of the year. And you're just trying to get the finish line, and okay, fine. And you'll be you'll be making fun of this conversation in three weeks when they're rolling through the first round. I hope that's the case. And you know what? I'll laugh at myself right there with you. But I, it, what I've seen out of Michael Malone in the last couple of weeks has only reinforced my concerns about him. And what I've seen the last four games without Nikola Jokic, particularly last night, has me very worried about his supporting cast. No Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, or Contavious Caldwell-Pope tonight in Phoenix. No need to fire up my Fubo. Yeah, the Nuggets are going to get boat raced. All right, coming up next, the Thursday night football flex has taken an interesting change because the Denver Broncos and Greg Penner may decide if that happens next year. Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Could Greg Penner, Broncos owner and CEO, be at the forefront of a very important vote in the NFL? Well, according to Peter King, NFL media legend, that may very well be the case. James, did you uh, catch how Greg Penner's role in the Thursday night football flexing decision could be a significant one. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's him and David Tepper, right? It's the it's the Panthers that also abstained in this vote. Yeah, so just to give people some context, there was sort of an unofficial vote down in Arizona at the owners' meetings about flexing it because they didn't want to, they didn't think they had the support, so they didn't want to put anything on the books, right? So it's like, oh, let's just do a straw poll, whatever, and the vote came down to the wire, super duper close. Something like 15-15 or 16-14. And it's because there was only 30 votes because two abstained. The Broncos and the Panthers, Penner and Tepper, they're riding the fence on this one, James. And the NFL owners will revisit this in May. And there is some speculation that Roger Goodell is going to go to work to try to convince Greg and Dave, hey, I want your yes votes. I want to be able to flex Thursday Night Football in weeks 14, 15, 16, 17. And I guess there's... 
Is there? Th- there's no Thursday night in Week 18, I guess. No, yeah, I think yeah. everybody at the last week of the year plays on Sunday. Um, look, we talked about it earlier in the week. I, I'm in favor of this because I think it gives you better matchups and it's it's better for Amazon or whoever has the rights, which means they're going to pay more, which means the pie is bigger, which means the players get more money. So I, I don't know what their complaint is. And all of the actual data and research suggests that Thursday night football is no more dangerous and no more uh, apt to lead to injury than Sunday or Monday night football. It's actually a little bit less statistically. I would not go out there and say it's safer. I just think it's all the same. Uh, I think this is a good idea from a business standpoint. I think it's a good idea from a put your best product in front of the fans standpoint. So, you know, it's probably smart for uh, Penner and Tepper to kind of say, hey, I'm not going to you know pick my lane here. Let me get a little more information. Let me test the wind. And now that it's looking like it could pass, and there are a lot of reasons why it makes sense, I would expect them to go toward the, sure, I'm in favor of this. Well, and here's the really interesting wrinkle, James. This is some speculation from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, but it makes sense. He says that this could be like a lobbyist in, you know, Washington, D.C. or whatever. Like, well, you want your new bridge. I'm going to have to get my new school. Okay. He claims, and this is just Florio thinking out loud, but he claims that the Broncos want a draft, which we actually know that's true. They've they've tried for multiple NFL drafts over the years, have not gotten one, that maybe Greg Penner could put on the bargaining table with Roger Goodell, hey, you give me an NFL draft in Denver in the next five years, and I'll vote yes on your Thursday Night Flex thing. Again, much like the politicians do out in Washington, D.C. Uh, which makes sense, and I know the Broncos have wanted a draft here. I guess my only question to that, and I don't know the answer to this, so I'm just throwing it out there. How much benefit is there really to the Broncos to having a dra- the draft in Denver? I think economic benefit is always one thing that, you know, the owners are going to be more well-liked the more big NFL events they bring to the city. I mean, it would be cool. I would love it. You would love it. The, fa- the fans here in town would love it. Is, are there going to be thousands of people traveling here for it? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, some. remember those shots you see in Nashville? Yeah. Of, you know, like it... it I mean, I'm a diehard NFL fan. I don't know if I'm a diehard NFL fan enough to get on a plane to go to a draft, but those people certainly exist. But you would go to, if you were going to, you would go to Vegas, you would go to Nashville. You, you would base it on, hey, what's a cool city to go to in late April? I'm not sure mud season's the time to come to Denver, um, but I, I get what he's saying. I think there probably is something that, you know, Greg Penner could ask for and try to get. I'm just not sure that a, a draft being here is the card you want to play. I, I just don't know. It'd be cool. It'd be fun. Have it up at Red Rocks or whatever. I mean, it could be 70 degrees. It could snow. We don't know. Um, but I just don't know that that's the, that's the ultimate trump card to play there because I don't know that it benefits the franchise all that much. Well, and I think what Florio's getting at and what you're getting at is if Goodell wants to convince Penner to vote yes, he has to offer him something. The draft sure. is just what Florio threw out there. I mean, put it this way. Does Greg Penner want a Super Bowl? Yes. Is that enough to get Roger Goodell to give him a Super Bowl for this one vote? Probably not. Uh, that's a whole different wormhole of, you know, putting the can of worms, whatever the term is, putting a roof on a new stadium would get you a Super Bowl. So that's probably too big of an ask. But is there an in-between type ask that it's sort of, we'll scratch your back, I'll scratch yours, whatever that expression is. Man, I'm doing great on this Friday night. You know my <laughs> point, James. That, yeah, that you're, ulti- you're doing a good job of mixing metaphors, yes, but I know what you're meaning. That ultimately... 
what can Goodell give Greg for his vote? That's yeah. kind of what this all boils down to. Yeah, and I'm I'm 100 on board with you on that, and with and with uh, with Mike Florio there. I just don't know that the draft is that thing. Maybe. Maybe it is because, you know what, if they build a new stadium, they build a dome stadium here, they're going to get a Super Bowl. They're going to be in that mix. That's just the way that's going to go. So I don't even know if they need to play it for uh, for that. But what else is there? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe it's a spot on a certain committee that he wants to be on, right? Like Pat Bolin really became powerful in the NFL when he became a part of the television committee. He helped uh, spearhead NFL Network. He led to uh, the creation of Sunday Night Football. Like, you know, you use your Washington analogy with lobbyists and all the rest of that. It's the same thing with senators or, you know, congressmen or or, or whatever of, hey, you want to be on the right committee? There could be some, hey, I know I'm the new kid on the block here, but I want to be a part of that decision-making group. Maybe that's the play, too, that doesn't impact you, me, or uh, John Q. Public, but from a Greg Penner standpoint, certainly moves him up the uh, the ranks in, in, in the NFL ownership group. The other interesting Bronco nugget today that we'll just pass along, sort of as a PSA, James, is uh, they released this video on Miles the Mascot account, sort of the, one of those dramatic videos of Damani Leach talking about new uniforms with all these tweets of, can the Broncos get new uniforms? And then it says, announcement coming tomorrow. And your first reaction when anyone watches that video, they're like, wait, the Broncos are announcing new uniforms tomorrow? And as you astutely pointed out very quickly, and I wrote at denversports.com, tomorrow is April Fool's Day. It's April 1st. These schemes that these teams and these players have gone on April 1st have gotten more and more elaborate from ridiculous trades to fake retirements, all sorts of things. Uh, Just be very careful what comes across your timeline on Twitter or your newsfeed tomorrow on Facebook of what is actually true and what is actually not. James, I'm going to go ahead and say 99.9% chance any sort of new uniform for the Broncos tomorrow is an April Fool's ruse. I'm 100% with you. It does remind me, though, my favorite Denver sports-related April Fool's joke. So back in the in the 80s, the Nuggets traded Kiki Vandaway to Portland for Calvin Knapp, Fat Lever, and Wayne Cooper. And Kiki Vandaway was a great scorer here. He and Alex English were, I mean, they were putting up a ton of points. But that was a move that made the 85 Nuggets a much better, much more well-rounded team. They got all the way to the Western Conference Finals before once they were so banged up, fat missed the first couple of games. Alex uh, broke his broke his thumb in game five or whatever it was. Calvin Knapp was constantly hurt with knees. They lost the Lakers, but that was a really good team. There was a game, I don't know what year it was, 86, 87, 88, where Channel 2, who used to do the games, it was Irv Brown 100%. I think it was Jim Conrad, but it was the late, great Irv Brown. And it was an April 1st game against the Blazers in Portland. They came out and said they had done the trade in reverse, and they had Kiki in his Nuggets gear warming up. They had all the other guys warming up in their Blazers gear. Like, they took it all the way to that extent. That was my most memorable Denver sports April Fool's. Wow, and see, that's an old-school one because all the ones in the last 5, 10 years have been uh, essentially social media related, right? Like yeah. guys posting again, fake retirements on Instagram or trades, or I'm taking my talents wherever. That's like a, that's an OG uh, <laughs> April fool's joke. What would that have been? 35, 40 years ago. Yeah. It had to be, you know, it was the, it was the late eighties. So yeah, it was 35 years ago. The other one is uh, uh, our, our boss, Raj Sharon uh, announced that I was joining the fan four years ago tomorrow. And there were way too many people for my liking that thought it was an April Fool's show. Oh, man. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt. Yeah, yeah, you, uh... It's like, Raj, you couldn't have waited a day? I was going to say, you and Raj maybe could have thought that one through a little bit there. (laughs)
Hey, man, that wasn't my decision. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be careful here. But, yeah, okay, but do you agree with my PSA, James? Don't yes, buy anything 100%. you see on your timeline tomorrow? 100%. And uh, you know what? We're, we need to practice what we preach because, look, we're always looking for, hey, what's happening? What's the news? What do we need to cover? What do we need to jump on? We all have to take a beat tomorrow, right? Anytime you see something and go, is this legit? What, yes. what, what's the date here? I hate April Fool's Day, by the way. Just can't stand it. Yeah, it's you're going to see stuff. Your heart's going to, you know, skip a beat. Like, oh, that's a little crazy. And then it's going to be a whole bunch of nothing. I don't, I don't like surprises. I don't like pranks. I don't like that kind of stuff. So it'll it'll be happening tomorrow, though. Your PSA is uh, is, is 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 good. People need to people need to apply that. All right. So any chatter you see about new Broncos uniforms tomorrow, folks, don't. I'm, I'm curious it. to see what they throw out there, though. Yeah, the more I watch that video, dude, it's going to be a new uniform for Miles, the mascot. Which, okay, that's fine. I like Miles. Uh, He's all right. He's the third best mascot in town. We're not going to go down this road right now because... It's Dinger. It's Rocky. Especially now that it's old Rocky. We're back to old Rocky now. You notice that? You notice how many times he's making the half-court shot? Yep, 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 yep. He's back, and then it's it's Miles. He's in the top three. Have you said your piece yet? chip chips in there (laughs) all right i'm just gonna go ahead and take control here (laughs) coming up next the avalanche's biggest stars were not on the ice at practice on friday that's two days in a row they haven't skated what's going on we'll dive into it next denver sports station 1043 the fan presents denver sports tonight all right, final segment of the show on a Friday as we lead you into your weekend. James Merrillat, Will Peterson. James, a curious development today over at the Family Sports Center. And I've gotten a lot of predictable. Laser tag? Eh, not quite. Oh, okay. The professional hockey team, but good guess. All right. I've gotten a lot of you're much ado about nothing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not so sure it is much ado about nothing, so I want to hear your thoughts. I'll lay out the scenario for you, and then you can tell me. If this is much to do about nothing. All right, so we started with you talking me off the ledge. Now we're reversing roles. There we go. Okay. So the Avs play Wednesday night, and they announce even before the game Wednesday they're not going to practice Thursday. Terrible performance against the Wild. Now the Avs aren't the Nuggets, because the Nuggets never practice the day after a game. The Avs, Bednar, he doesn't care if you play till 11 p.m. He'll have you skating at 11 a.m. Yeah, so the it's fact, a hockey mentality. So the fact they were already off Thursday was like, okay, kind of curious. So then when we, we get the email at 8.30 this morning with their schedule today, Avs practice, 11 a.m., Family Sports Center. It's like, all right, that's totally normal, totally makes sense. You gave them Thursday, you're going to go hard today, get ready for Dallas on, on Saturday. Well, the reporters that are over near the laser tag start tweeting out, <laughs> no Nathan McKinnon, no Kale McCarr, no Valerian Nachushkin, no Alexander Georgiev. Those are four. I mean, those are the two best players on your team and then two super crucial players on your team. Yeah. So people start saying, well, maybe it's optional. And then I see a couple of reporters saying, well, Jared Bednar's here and Miko Rantanen is here. So it could be optional. But, you know, that optional thing, it's kind of either everyone shows up or no one shows up. And Miko Rantanen's not a no one. Last time I checked, the head coach isn't a no one. Yeah. And then after practice, he gets asked about it. And the word he uses is maintenance days. For McKinnon, McCarr, Nachushkin, and Georgiev. James, I can't remember, outside of an all-star break or a bye week, you know, because in the NHL they give them longer breaks, whatever. But in the course of regular games, where Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr didn't skate two days in a row. You tell me, is this a big deal? Or is this just these guys are worn down and they needed two days completely off their feet in between a Wednesday game and a Saturday game? I got Allen Iverson running through my head. 
Mm. We're talking about practice. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. Uh, and, and I normally don't buy into that, right? Like, I do think practice is important. I think working hard in between games is important. I think the greats in every sport, uh, what they did when nobody was watching was much more important to their success than what they did when the lights were on and there were 18,000 people in the building. But I do think, given the fact that it's March 31st, it's the end of the year, this is a team that played uh, a lot of games a year ago, had a very short off season. Um, it's been a bit of a grind of a regular season. They had the trip to Finland. Like, there's been a lot of things that just sort of wear you out and make you a tired, burned out hockey team. Um, listen, well, we know it, right? Like, our, our job isn't hard, but by the end of the Bronco season, when you've been going seven days a week for 18 weeks or whatever, it's like, man. I see the chance to catch my breath. Right? Ready like for a break. Sort of, yep. It's yeah. it's sort of that. That's what I'm going to chalk this up to for now. I'm not totally dismissing your concern. And, hey, is there something else going on here? Because NHL teams are, his, you know, they're, they're notoriously secretive about any sort of injury, right? They only classify them as upper body or lower body. So I, I don't, I'm not saying that nothing is going on with these four guys. But it might just be a, you know what? We just need a day off, right? We just need a day to go to a matinee movie, to go walk around the park, like whatever. Well, J- whatever James, kept... they had that yesterday. I get it. Thursday was their day off. So they I need... get it. Sometimes, okay, but so they needed two days need two. off. Two days off. Yeah, sometimes you need two. And, you know, you're going day after day after day after day. These guys, you know, they play on weekends. They play on nights. They, you know, you don't see, you don't see family. You don't see friends. Like, it, it just becomes a bit of a grind. So I'm going to apply that. I think this is truly just the human element of, you know, trying to, to get, doesn't matter what you're making. doesn't matter how fun your job is. At some point, everything becomes a man. I haven't had a couple of days to just decompress. That's what I think is going on here, but I don't think you're totally, you know, off your rocker here for at least asking the question. It's worth watching. I'll put it that way. It's worth watching with these four guys. Do we start seeing, less minutes do we start seeing them popping up on injury uh reports those kind of things I, I think there's there's a little bit of smoke here but i don't think there's quite a fire yeah and i want to be abundantly clear i'm not questioning nathan mckinnon or kale mccarr's work ethic the two dudes are absolute maniacs i'm not saying they just decided to be lazy today and put their feet yeah, yeah. up no I, I'm, I, I'm with you no i know but we've gotten a couple of texts are you questioning mckinnon's work ethic he's a lunatic no not at all but i am questioning is there something more going on specifically james have they just carried such a heavy burden this year? Because we all know depth was a huge strength for the Avs last year. Depth has not been a strength of this team at all. And McKinnon, McCarr, and Randon have been asked to do way, way, way too much. It, to me, is worth monitoring because I worry that maybe McKinnon and McCarr, who, again, are workaholics, have hit a little bit of a wall. Yeah. No, I, I think if you look at the Nuggets a year ago where Jokic just had to carry so much of the weight without Jamal, without MPJ, and to avoid the having to be a play-in team. And that was a team, and DMAC talks about this a lot, and I think he was right. I think by the time they got to the playoffs, they were gassed. They were totally gassed, and they had nothing left. I think given the, the injuries, although Rantanen was out there today, and he's been the guy who's carried this team for the most part, I do think that there's a little bit of that going on, and I think it's smart of Jared Bednar to try and catch it on March 31st as opposed to, you know, hey, you get bounced from the playoffs and you look in the rearview mirror and say, ah, man, we probably were out of a little bit of steam. Hey, it's a couple of days. You get a chance to have a break. 
We'll see tomorrow night. Let's see how they play down in Dallas. That will uh, that will tell us. Or, or it's, it's at Ball Arena. It's, oh, here, it's, it's here. here. Yep. Okay, well, let's see how they play at home against Dallas. And, you know, if they come out, they, you know, see, they, they had nothing the other night, right? They, they, they were slow a foot out of the, from the jump. Maybe if it erases some of that, then we'll uh, tip our cap to Jared Bednar. He played his cards right. All right, coming up next, it's the women's semifinals, South Carolina and Iowa. Enjoy Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. It's a brand new day.